In this episode, I talk with Bram Hoonhout, a coordinator of the Honors College of Leiden University. We talk about the challenges for teachers in teaching design thinking, but also how you can use design thinking to design your life. Welcome, Bram. Let's, uh, let's dive in with the first question. And uh, can you give a short uh, explanation of what your course uh, tackling inequalities in the 21st century was about? Yeah, sure. So this was an honors class um, for bachelor students uh, revolving around various types of inequality, um, such as race, ability, gender and education and the way in which these different forms of inequality uh, intersect. As an economic historian, I was always fascinated by the work of Thomas Piketty on uh, economic inequality and how, the, how this is sort of baked into our society. And the work on Senator Pickett on how this economic inequality has all sorts of social effects as well. But I thought I'd need to broaden this uh, to include uh, other dimensions of inequality as well. So my aim was to, well, to let students learn about the relation between these different forms of inequality, but also to make a contribution to reducing inequality. So they're not writing a paper that it's all bad and that someone should do something about it, but they could experience what it's like to be involved in reducing inequality uh, at a small scale. So I invited uh, a range of guest speakers, both from the university and people with uh, practical expertise to talk about their experience as activists or as teachers or whatever. And the students then worked in groups on a challenge um, that was provided by a societal partner, um, such as Leiden Municipality or the Diversity and Inclusion Expertise Office of the University or the Fenestra Office uh, or an Equal Opportunities in Education project that is currently running in Leiden. And the students used design thinking to, well, to tackle these societal challenges. And what, can you give a concrete example of what uh, a challenge was that the students worked on? For example, one was from the Fenestra Disability Office, which is the office that provides students with um, learning disabilities or other special needs at the, at the university in succeeding in uh, their education. And there the, the question was, how can we improve the information um, flow for students because students sometimes have difficulty finding the information that they need uh, or even being aware of that something like Fenestra exists um, to support them or to get in contact with the right persons. So the students set out to talk to a lot of students currently involved in Fenestra and having well, various types of um, learning disabilities to figure out so what is that they encounter, um, what is that they need and for example, they, um, they learned that students with dyslexia um, often prefer to read things uh, by underlining it or read things from a screen in a dark mode. But that's not possible at their current university website. So then they had to improvise and see if they could find other ways. Um, so they offered a set of reading tools that could be implemented at the, at the Finesse website. But they also came up with a new division of the website to make sure that people uh, can find the help for their specific situation uh, much more quickly and don't have to scroll to endless pages of texts uh, before they can find what they need. So I think they made it much more accessible and that's the feedback that they got from uh, the students as well. Great, sounds like a, a good improvement by that the students uh, introduced for other students. Yeah, exactly. 
And I'm curious to hear about what inspired you to uh, integrate design thinking uh, in education or how did you come across design thinking? Yeah, this is, well, this is always a bit uh, by accident, of course, how these things happen. I learned about it through Annabeth Simons, a former colleague of mine at the Honors Academy, because she had been using design thinking in a class in the pre-university program that the Honors Academy also offers. Um, and then I was inspired and I started to do some research and I thought this could be a very interesting way of approaching problems, particularly these kind of societal um, entangled, wicked kind of problems. And well, I, I had always enjoyed teaching when I was uh, a lecturer at the history department. And I thought, well, uh, a course on inequality is a very current theme and that uh, would be nice to if I could teach that in the honors program as well. So then I put uh, those two together uh, because I think, well, design thinking was the kind of methods that would suit a course like this because well often uh, you might think that you know the solution to a certain problem um, but I really appreciate in this method that you uh, you need to talk to the people first to really understand what the issue is about uh, and then design something together that is meaningful for the people rather than something that you impose on them as um, the, the the one with all the wisdom. So and other other teachers inspired you to uh, to adopt this approach also? Yeah. What kind of classes do you think fit this kind of method in teaching? Yeah, well, it depends on the on the goal you have for your class. If it's more project based, if it's aimed at well making a societal contribution, I think those kind of classes um, are very well suited to use design thinking. Problems that you don't know the answer to beforehand, um, and that uh, involve talking to to people to find out what it's really about. It's a different way of thinking than the, the sort of research thinking that we often do at university, where you often start with a problem or a question and then you, you analyze your way forward and you do experiments. And of course, you also do research and experiments in design thinking, but and you, you start with a, a broad idea of a problem. But the, yeah, the key thing is more to do need finding first and to figure out uh, together with, with the users, with, with people you want to design with and for what the problem actually is. And then only then you start to define what you really want to work on um, and then build your way forward. Yeah, so in science, the starting point is more the, the curiosity of the researcher and the pinpoints of previous literature uh, or previous research. And with design thinking, it's more the problems of the people you are trying to solve something for. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good summary. So it's a different way of approaching things. It's not a replacement. Uh, I don't think you can design think uh, a new type of medication. But uh, for, yeah, for specific kind of problems, it's a, it's a very useful instrument. How do you think design thinking relates to the scientific education? Yeah, I think it's a different way of thinking, a different tool you can have in your toolbox. I don't think it can replace the scientific education that we do at university because well, we train students to do research uh, and become research in the specific field. But if you can offer this as a different way of thinking, as a way of stimulating creativity, as a way of engagement with society, yeah, in that sense, it can be a valuable addition to a curriculum. And if we go back to your course, what did you think was the most challenging part uh, for you as a teacher? Yeah, well, with design thinking, uh, of course, 
one of the, the key things is that you don't know the outcome and that it's likely that you get stuck along the way. So for me, that was no different. And in a sense, that was difficult because I didn't know if things would work out the way um, I had anticipated. Um, and that was an experiment. Um, but that's, that's what we are supposed to do with the Honors Academy to, to foster educational innovation. So there were a couple of things I think that did not go as well as I hoped, um, particularly because some of the challenges went well, turned out to be not as open-ended as they should have been, which meant that some teams had to work towards a certain outcome that the challenge owner um, desired, rather than they could freely experiment and go into the direction that they uh, wanted or discovered. And that caused some frustration because it felt like they had to choose between doing design thinking right and doing the assessment right for the for the challenge owner. Yeah, so that was so that was hard and some they struggled. I think in the end they succeeded in applying design thinking to certain parts uh, and still produced an end result that was refreshing and exciting for the challenge owner, but still in the realm of what they wanted. But well, for, for me, I've learned that in the next iteration, it's important to pay really close attention to the design of the challenges um, so that they, that they fit um, what you want to achieve in the course. Yeah, so it's a challenge for you as a teacher to cope with the insecurity of, okay, we d really don't know what the end result will look like, but it's that also the challenge for the challenge owners, so the people who bring in the challenges, uh, that this is a really different way of working, where usually you think, oh, we have a problem, this is the solution, let's go for it. But when you use design thinking, you really start and first try to fall in love with the problem instead of the solution and not get fixed on one solution in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's logical that for a challenge owner that they're not familiar necessarily with the design thinking process. So that for, that for them, it's an experience as well. And that of course, usually you have some clear goals in mind of what you want and you want a training program or you want new communication guidelines. And, and that's the product that you, that you want to see. That's a different way of, of dealing with it to say, well, maybe that's not the desired outcome and maybe we need to design something different. And what was one of your favorite moments in the in this class? Well, I think the, the final presentations were really nice um, because most of the challenge owners were there and the students could present what they had done. And then you see that even the teams that had been struggling um, had come up with really cool things, had really put their energy and creativity and work ethic into practice and produce some really cool results. And I think, well, all the challenge owners were very happy with what they, uh, what the students produced. And I was very proud of them that they produced things that, well, have, have real value um, and that would otherwise not have come to pass. Do you think uh, compared to uh, when you were teaching history and to uh, this class, that students engage differently with this type of class? Yeah, that might depend on the student as well, because, well, students can also be really involved and enthusiastic and go all in for a research kind of project. So that's, I think there's a similar vibe and energy that you might get yeah, with a regular academic class. I think in a, this type of class, what was really motivating for the students is that they were actually producing something that's was supposed to be used and there was uh, that they were making a contribution to society and that they're not writing a paper that will be read and then put in a drawer somewhere 
and in sense that I think motivated them to put in a lot of hours because they really worked hard for the five EC that they uh, that they received for this course and that's well that's not always the case in the courses that you teach and sometimes students complain that they have to work hard and I think some of them complained as well on this course um, but still the fact that they were working on something real yeah I think kept uh, kept them more motivated. And uh, you've now uh, got a bit of a design thinking bug and uh, already also in integrating it into a next project. Do you want to uh, share something about your uh, Comenius grant for the um, Design Your Life project? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, so uh, when I was uh, researching this design thinking idea, I came across uh, this idea of designing your life because there's a, a TED talk by Bill Burnett from Stanford University that you encounter quite quickly if you do some research um, because this is a project at Stanford, one of the most popular courses I think there, uh, called Design Your Life in which they use design thinking to, well, to apply to your future. So students, well, they, they empathize with themselves to figure out uh, what, what is it that um, gives them energy or drains energy, define the problems, what, what are the things that I would like to work on. They ideate, they brainstorm about different futures, different varieties, you know, different lives they could have in which they would be happy. And then they prototype the different futures. Because they say, well, the idea is that there are people living the, the future that you might want. Because there are people who are, I don't know, a policy advisor um, at the government or people who are... I don't know, they are a vet or they are um, working in a hospital and you can you can talk to them and figure out, well, what is it that uh, that you're doing as a policy advisor and what are the hardest parts? What's what's nice about it? How did you get here? And in that way, get a taste of what their possible future um, could look like. And the idea is that, well, by applying this method of design thinking, well, students will have less uh, will be less stressed about the future because what you often see is that students work incredibly hard at attaining a fantastic CV with all sorts of extracurricular activities and be super competitive for the job market uh, on the one hand but on the other hand are still anxious about the job market and stressed about it. Will I get the job that I want? Um, what if I don't? If I choose one thing will I not close off all the other interesting options? that I otherwise might have, how do I choose? It can be quite daunting and stressful. And often that means that students don't really do a lot of preparation for their future. And then it's just graduating and then jumping at the first opportunity that they have. Um, and that's, well, that's not the best way of designing your life. So this way we try to make it less stressful um, and build the confidence by well, setting the bar low, succeeding building your creative confidence that you'll be able to well, to design your future. And in that sense, um, have students well, face the future with more confidence, basically. Great. So it's, it sounds like a way to give students more direction into uh, uh, where they want to go in the future and uh, also uh, tackling this problem of uh, what will, or this insecurity of what will my life look like after I graduate and... Uh, having them already be inspired by other people uh, who've done it before them. I still don't know what I want to be. Um, and I think that's an answer that changes every, well, well, every five years, every few years, whatever, can, can change all the time. So if you can hand people the tools to 
to navigate their way, I think it can be a very powerful contribution. Yeah, cool. I'm curious to uh, hear more about it when uh, it's running. And to round up, uh, what advice would you have for teachers uh, who want to use design thinking or the design thinking mindset in their classes? Yeah, well, I think that like all educational innovation, it takes some time, of course, to redesign your course towards this well, this new methodology. But I guess it's most important that you make sure that design thinking is the right fit for what you want to do. As I said, it's great for working on a societal topic, but it's no use if you want to teach statistics or or my field previously, if you want to know more about the history of slavery, for example. If you want, it might be useful if you want to investigate how um, the history of slavery can best be remembered or best be taught, uh, what it means to certain people, then you can use it. But uh, you, know, you need to be sure that it fits, fits the goals of your course. And of course, you have to be willing to let go of the control and accept that questions might change along the way, that the product is something that you cannot predict um, so you have to embrace the process and accept that it's messy and chaotic. But I think that's a nice element as well, because that's where a lot of the learning takes place uh, too. Yeah, for, the, for you as a teacher and for the student. Yeah, exactly. Because of course, the things that students will be working on once they graduate are often complex and messy problems rather than, than uh, neatly defined problem sets. So in that sense, it's a good preparation for the future career, I think. Thank you for uh, your insights into uh, the course Tackling Inequalities in uh, the 21st Century. And uh, I hope we've inspired some teachers to uh, take a first step with design thinking uh, in their courses. Yeah, thank you. In the next episode, I will talk with Annabeth Simons about the free university class where high school students tackle societal challenges with design thinking.